Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. to the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Battery Power Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you're having an amazing start to your Tuesday. Of course, you can find the Daily Hammer, the Battery Power Podcast, and the Road to Atlanta Podcast, all of which have new shows out free on all podcast platforms at BatteryPower.com and at Battery Power SBN across all forms of social media. Now, my name is Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC, but one of the great things about being a part of the family at Battery Power is I get to talk Braves baseball with some great Braves minds, and I'm very happy to welcome Daniel Hutchinson Couch. You can find him at Braves Daniel, a wonderful, wonderful writer from BatteryPower.com. Daniel, how are you this morning, sir? I'm pretty fantastic. Glad to hear it. Thank you. Happy to make my debut on the network. Hey, well, we, this definitely won't be the last time, and we're definitely pleased to have you. But here's the thing. When it comes to the Braves, here's the latest from Atlanta. And one of the reasons why I wanted to certainly take the opportunity to talk with Daniel is because he was right on the major news story of the off day. A bit of an unfortunate uh, news story as well, but it was revealed late last night that Braves outfielder Eddie Rosario um, obviously had a eye exam on Monday at some point in time on Monday, and it was revealed that there was going to be a procedure on his eye that could potentially keep him out for an extended period of time. So now we heard from, you know, maybe noteworthy source or two, some speculation on what that time frame would be. At the time of this recording, we don't know what that is as of yet. But Daniel, let's get right to it. When you heard the news, Eddie Rosario potentially being away from the team, you know, what potentially could be for a while. What are your thoughts? Well, the first thing that popped to my mind was that explains a lot. Um, now, obviously, we don't necessarily know for sure when he started to have these eye issues, but uh, he's been maybe the worst player in baseball so far this season. And the good part of this news, like, obviously, you never want to hear about somebody being injured. But the good part of this news is that it means it's a lot less likely that Eddie Rosario uh, after having signed a two-year deal with the Braves, just forgot how to play baseball, and much more likely that he's been having some vision issues, which have been causing both the struggles at the plate and some of the horrible defensive gaffes that we've seen from him in the outfield. Absolutely, and we're not trying to make light of the injury situation at all. Obviously, the Braves with Eddie Rosario playing like Eddie Rosario, that's the best version of this team. The long-term version of this team this year, next year, features Eddie Rosario in left field. But to Daniel's point, there, you know, obviously you want him to be healthy, but without Eddie Rosario in the lineup, listen, it's not as if the Braves are going to be losing a lot of production because there just has not been much there this year. I think now two hits on the season, um, and if I'm, if I'm correct, I think it's two or three hits now. But we'll get into some numbers in just a moment. Eddie Rosario's lack of production, Adam Duvall, Dansby Swanson, they have led the Braves 
five through nine spots, they've basically been a part of what arguably has been the worst second half of a lineup in Major League Baseball this year. So while obviously you may not have a person out there who taking the place of Eddie Rosario, who has as high of a ceiling, you certainly have to hope, at least in the present, that person will produce more. And hopefully Eddie Rosario comes back improved after a successful surgery. But Daniel, let's get into that. So the next question is, if we're going to be without Eddie Rosario, who steps up in his place? You think Alex Dickerson would be the next guy up, but who is that next man up? Something that worked so well for the Braves last year. Yeah, so uh, Alex Dickerson is definitely an interesting name. I like the bat, especially against right-handed pitching, uh, but the Braves really seem to hate the idea of playing him in the field, so it's possible that we could see Ozuna play more time in the field and uh, you know Dickerson take more at-bats at the DH position. Now, one thing that I haven't really seen mentioned here is that we've still got Ronald Acuna lurking and he seems relatively healthy. So this could potentially push up that time frame because this obviously adds an incentive since they now have an open outfield spot. Maybe they push that debut in the majors up a few days because, you know, he we've heard that he's only, you know, a week or two away at this point. Absolutely. And and the thing is, is that I don't really think I think it's still too early in the season for a development like Rosario's potential, you know, absence moving up the timeline for Alex Anthopoulos in the front office when it comes to Ronald Acuna Jr. But you now have layers of reason why you, you don't want to delay Ronald Acuna returning anymore. You know, let's go over a few numbers, Daniel, when it comes to this Braves offense. Obviously, without Rosario, you certainly hope that they're able to find someone that could, you know, at least produce a little bit until Acuna gets back. But the Braves outfield so far this year, with Rosario in the mix and everybody else, even with Marcelo Zuna's hot start to the season, right now, Daniel, this outfield is 24th in OPS. And to your point, they're not adding much value on defense. There's not really an area right now of production where this Braves outfield has been a source of positive value. And that certainly has been an obstacle for the Braves finding success so far this season. Yeah, and there's no real options here to just take Eddie's spot and be an everyday starter. And so, you know, one of the things with Acuna right now is that he's healthy enough to play a single game at full capacity. I mean, you see him, you know, scoring from second on an infield single, you know, that kind of thing. So he's clearly is, you know, just going all out at Gwinnett. It's not an issue of they're worried about him doing something on the field in a one-off incident that's going to injure him or cause a reinflammation of the ACL injury. It's more of an issue of them building up his stamina. But since you're not going to have someone who's an everyday plug-in option anyway, you, you know, wouldn't you rather bring up, Ronald Acuna and get, even if you only have to play him every other day for a few weeks, wouldn't you rather have that than, you know, they just brought off up Travis Demerit, who would be the, you know, immediate solution. So now who you got, who's, who's the next man up? You bring up a great point. At the very least, you're not having to play him every day, but at the very least, you're having him up there to play every other day. At least he's in the lineup with some sort of frequency, which certainly is better than the alternative. But another big thing that stands out with Ronald Acuna Jr. potentially coming back is that right now, Daniel, the Braves are 22nd in the majors in OPS and 27th in ISO 
when it comes to runners being in scoring position, we've talked about the fact that I believe now 80% of the Braves home runs this year have been solo home runs without runners on base. Their power just gets sapped with runners in scoring position. Not only will Ronald Acuna Jr. help out with that with his production at the type of the lineup, but he deepens the lineup as well. One area where I think the Braves need to focus the most on when it comes to their offense is starting to cash in some of these runner and scoring position opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, sort of uh, emphasized by how few RBIs Spat Olson has. I mean, he's been one of the best hitters in baseball so far this season, and he has six RBIs. And I mean, that's just barely any for, you know, a guy who has, you know, a, a WRC plus just under 200. I mean, he's been absolutely unreal this season. And, you know, he basically has like four RBIs that aren't him driving himself in on home runs. And, you know, obviously, Ronald Acuna, we've already heard Snit say that once he's back, he's in the leadoff spot. Well, you know, he's going to be getting on base in front of Matt Olson. So, of course, we talked about the Braves' offense in the first segment, and you hit on a great point, Daniel. The fact that the Braves have had Matt Olson, Austin Riley, Marcelo Zuna do so well in the second, third, and fourth spots, but because of the fact that hardly anybody's getting on in front of them, the Braves haven't been able to cash in, haven't been able to make the most of how productive those spots in the lineups have been. We're hoping that they right the ship a bit against the Cubs starting this week, but let's talk about another setup here that's there for the Braves. The Braves are going to have Max Freed on the mound on Tuesday, facing off against Marcus Stroman. Freed coming off his last start was outstanding. Charlie Morton versus Mark Leiter Jr. on Wednesday. And then on Thursday, Kyle Wright, who's been absolutely outstanding, versus former Brave Drew Smiley. So some fun pitching matchups upcoming this week. But Daniel, I want to get your thoughts on a few things. Number one, the Braves over the past week have led the majors. They have allowed the most walks in the majors over the past week. That certainly is something that has to figure itself out. But the other thing is, is that Max Fried was quite dominant in his last start. And I believe there's something that you observed that was really key to how dominant he was. Yeah. So one of the most interesting things of any Braves player so far this season has been that Max Fried has started throwing his changeup again with good regularity. And so throughout his career, it's sort of been this interesting relationship with his pitch mix. So when he came up in 2017, I believe, he threw the changeup about 10 to 12% of the time, but it was terrible. And he threw it again in 2018, and it was still terrible. And so he basically stopped throwing it when he really broke out in 2019 through 2021. Uh, But what you saw in 2019 is that he just seemingly out of nowhere developed an elite slider. And so now in 2022, he started throwing the changeup again back to 10% of the time. And it's been an extremely effective pitch for him. You can look on, uh, you know, baseball savant and you can see both the location and the movement has been really good on that pitch. He's been locating it on the arm side edge of the plate, uh, mostly, you know, middle to lower height. And it's been an extremely effective pitch for him. And so that also allows him to throw his fastball less, which is his weakest pitch, even though he can get it up to the upper 90s in terms of velocity, it has low spin rates and doesn't move very well. So that's always been his least effective pitch. So now if you can mix in a changeup to play off of that fastball and be a very effective pitch for him 10% of the time, that can take Max Fried to that next level that we all know he can be. Because, you know, he was a top 10 draft pick. We know he has the talent to be one of the best pitchers in the league. 
Yeah, and it's a, in every sense of the word, it's a changeup itself when it comes to the style of pitch, but it's also a changeup in that you just, you know, he can go through a whole round in the National League with teams not being able to expect that, and if he's throwing it effectively, it just adds to his arsenal. But the whole big thing about this, in my opinion, the big narrative of this series, Daniel, is that the Braves have to feel good about their pitching matchups. When it comes to the matchups in this series, I think the Braves have to have confidence every time out. But when it comes to facing this Cubs lineup, you also have one of the more exciting players in the league this year in Seiya Suzuki. I believe I got his name right. I'm horrible with names, but you get my point. But yeah. Suzuki has already won a player of the week in the National League and arguably has been right up there with Matt Olson when it comes to the MVP conversation. Just an outstanding overall impact. The Braves need to be careful when facing him because he can impact the game in so many ways. Yeah, Suzuki's been unbelievable this season. And you may remember there were a few, uh, you know, sort of quiet rumors about the Braves potentially having interest in him. So that's, you know, an interesting little side narrative here. But, you know, he's been one of the best hitters in baseball this season coming off. I think he was the MVP in the Japanese league last season. So, you know, there's always a question of how that production is going to translate when you change leagues. Because I, I think the Japanese league is something around between AAA and MLB is how scouts estimated in terms of quality. But he has hit the ground running here. Now, it is worth mentioning that, you know, his really significant margin. But even if he were to regress down to his expected uh, production, he would still be an extremely productive hitter and one of the best in the league right now. So he'll probably be the one to watch in terms of the Cubs offense after they, you know, basically tore their entire roster down last season. You've got Ian Happ, you've got Wilson Contreras, you know, those guys as well. And I'm not saying, don't get me wrong, <laughs> with where the Braves are right now, you don't need to take anybody lightly. But if the Braves can just simply limit the walks, you have to feel that talent will certainly shine through. It'll be very interesting to see. But I'm really, really interested to see if there is a player that stands out in the bottom of the Braves order. With Rosario out now, the Braves are going to need someone in the bottom half of that order. Travis Darno has done it in spurts this season, but they're really going to need someone to stand out. Orlando Arcia, though, listen, it, it, I, I wouldn't put any faith in the production. He at least has done his part. But when you look at this bottom of the Braves order, Daniel, who are you looking besides Olsen, besides Ozuna, besides, um, you know, Riley, who are you looking to really stand out, really get that foundation that will change the course of their season moving forward? Yeah, I mean, you know, Dansby Swanson is the one that stands out to me. Obviously, you know, we've seen how streaky he's been throughout his entire career, so I'm not necessarily going to expect him to be consistently you know, an average to above average hitter for the rest of the season. But you have seen some signals of him maybe breaking out of his absolutely horrendous start to the season and become at least a productive option at the, at the you know, back end of that lineup. So I would say at least for the short term, he could be a guy who's producing an, at least an average to above average level for the next month or so as his, you know, uh, ebbs and flows tend to go. But um, I, I would like to say for what it's worth about Arcia, Obviously, he has a very long track record of being a well below average hitter in the league, but clearly the Braves did like something in his profile to both trade for him and give him a guaranteed two years, even at the low price that they gave it to him. And he has had a pretty good batted ball profile this season, which is a bit buoyed by two uh, barreled balls that he hit that were both outs early in the season. But still, it is worth keeping an eye on because clearly there is something that the organization liked in him. They've had a good amount of success, you know, identifying hitters to acquire, whether it's Josh Donaldson, Marcelo Zuna, Jorge Soler, Eddie Rosario, uh, Jock Peterson, all 
you know, they got in here and were really good, uh, better than they were before they were in here. And so, you know, you have to give some level of faith that they know what they're doing and identifying hitting talent. And so there is at least a possibility that he could, you know, sort of buck his career baseline and really become an act actually useful player for the Braves, despite the, uh, you know, long track record of him being bad. And the other thing that I'm looking out for you, you bring up a great point, you know, at the, at the end of the day, you know, RC is taking advantage of the opportunity. And now there may even be more of an opportunity to where, you know, listen, when you look at the outfield now, besides Ozuna, it's Arcia who's producing the best offensively, you know, whether or not you have faith in that continuing, you have to go for what it is right now. The other big thing that I'm looking for in this series is that I'm hoping that the top half of the Braves order, especially uh, rotation, especially Charlie Morton, hoping getting back. I'd love to see 20 plus innings of this rotation this series, because that would allow for you to get probably six to seven innings per start. That would allow for you to be able to only use the best arms from your bullpen. And more than anything, that would keep the bullpen rested with the Mets series coming up after this when you're starting that out with the back end of your rotation, which has struggled. So getting some consistently go consistency going from the top end of your rotation would be huge as well, Daniel. Yeah, definitely. I'm not really at all concerned about Max Fried, but you definitely want to see better performance from Morton, who's not been good. It's only three starts and the track record is so good that I'm not necessarily worried about him as a player yet, but it's something to keep an eye on. And then obviously Kyle Wright has been fantastic through three starts. And, you know, you can see the changes in the profile that would explain that, you know, drastic improvement. And obviously we all know the talents there since he was almost the number one overall pick uh, when he was drafted. But obviously you would like to see that performance continue given that you know he had been really bad in the majors for quite a while of course it's going to be a lot of fun to see make sure you check out daniel's game preview over at batterypower.com daniel it has been an absolute pleasure getting to talk with you sir thank you for taking the time to join us here on the daily hammer today yeah absolutely it's been a blast thanks so much for having me on not a problem. This won't be the last time. His name is Daniel Hutchinson Couch. Make sure you follow him at Braves Daniel on Twitter. He always is bringing great content when it comes to BatteryPower.com. Of course, you can find the Daily Hammer, the Battery Power Podcast, the Road to Atlanta Podcast, all of which have new shows on any podcast platform for free that you that you listen to. BatteryPower.com and at BatteryPower SBN across all forms of social media. For Daniel, my name's Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on on Twitter. Thanks so much for listening to us. We'll be back with you tomorrow here on the Daily Hammer. Mm -hmm.